Welcome to the We Go Places podcast, where we catch up with grads with unique careers and the roads they travel to get there. I'm your host, Brian Turnbaugh, English teacher at WeGo since 2001, and you just heard intro music from Max Russo, class of 2020. Today, we talk with Taylor Ballack, class of 2011, photojournalist. We get to find out how the gift of a camera sparked her creativity to begin to share compelling stories through photography. Joining us today is Taylor Ballack from the class of 2011. Taylor, what do you do? Hi, Mr. Turnbaugh. Um, I am a photojournalist with a hospital system in um, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, Taylor, how did you begin your love of photography? Um, Well, actually, my grandma got me my first camera when I was four years old. Um, so just pretty much like after that, I always had a camera in my hand and kept upgrading through the years. And, um, I took photography class with Michael Conroy in high school, um, which was amazing and really, uh, kind of jolted my love for photography. And then, um, after, Uh, high school, I was looking for programs for photojournalism because I knew I wanted to do something with photography that also involved storytelling and people. Um, So I was looking for schools and I found Central Michigan had a amazing photojournalism program. And then from there, um, it kind of the rest was history. I stuck with photojournalism and then um, moved on to some internships and now to a full-time job. So when you were in the program at Central Michigan, how, how do you, how does the program kind of move you from just taking photographs to then maybe giving you the type of, or cultivating the eye to be a storyteller through photography? Yeah, so the program um, was built by um, my mentor. His name's uh, Kent Miller. I first met him when I was just looking at the school, and he told me about all the different classes I would take and specifically told me about this one class that involved storytelling where every two weeks you would get a topic and then you would find a subject and you would stay with them for those two weeks and document them. And it just sounded so amazing. And I um, remembered wanting to really um, take that class. And so I signed up my freshman year to be in the program. And first you start off uh, doing a lot of like fundamental work, like just learning how to use your camera And you kind of are introduced to just taking portraits and then editing. And then it kind of moves you into going and finding your own story on your own. So um, one of the classes I took that I was speaking about before um, introduces a new topic each every two weeks. And the first one was like um, to go find uh, a farm family and being from the Chicago suburbs, I was unfamiliar with farms. And um, 
I had no idea really where to even start looking. So I remember going to this town um, next to where I went to college in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and went to this tiny little diner. And I told my waitress that, you know, I was looking to do a story on a family that owned a farm. So she's like, oh, I have the perfect family in mind. She connected me with um, this family who had two girls in high school that played softball and worked on this um, seed farm. So I met them, called them up. They were totally willing to just have me come over and um, I had dinner with them and I just documented them for two weeks. So then the class just kind of takes you into like all these different things. So um, after that, I did like a caregiver story and then I did a story on a meth addict um, in Detroit that owned a cab company. Um, it was just and then I did a like a photo story on um, this woman bodybuilder. So it was kind of all over the place, but it was really fun. And that really made me have to um, just kind of like open myself up to rejection, you know, because not everybody wants to let some college student with a camera into their life. And that can be scary. So (laughs) that was kind of my first like real introduction into um, storytelling. It seems too that the other part of that is it's kind of like you you touched on that is the idea that it opened you up to like the type of rejection in that as a photojournalist, not everyone's going to be open to you, right? And so and so it kind of in some ways made you to kind of build up that type of emotional callus to keep keep at it. I would imagine I can't imagine that would be very easy for introverts to do what you do initially, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely not for everyone. It it can be very scary and jarring when, you know, somebody tells you no and you're just trying to pass the class. And <laughs> so, but I mean, um, I think, you know, I, I really tried to stay at it and not let that discourage me because, you know, if I was in somebody else's shoes, I don't know if I would also want to let somebody in so intimately like that. Um, But it was always such a great feeling when, you know, people were into the idea and wanted to tell their story. It seems like you had how broad of a spectrum of the types of people that you met in your undergrad program to document in such a way. So you went from farm family to um, caregiver to meth addict to, to, uh, I mean, I mean, that's, that's a really deep spectrum of, of experiences, uh, with that. How, how did, how did you, how do you handle the delicate nature of the subjects given of what they were going through? Um, that's a good question. Uh, so I kind of pretty much any time, really that I meet somebody who I'm looking to document um, long-term, I don't even bring my camera around the first time. Um, I really want them to just get to know me and for me to get to know them and trust me. um, Because if they don't trust me and they sense that I just want to, um, you know, get the photos and get out, like, you know, that's just, it's not going to work. That's not how it works. And um, 
So I spend a lot of time uh, just talking to them, trying to open up to them as well so that they feel comfortable, like they can open up to me. Um, And I, you know, in college, like I, in that class, I was really striving to do a good job to build my portfolio. So I spent a lot of time, like I would even sleep at their house sometimes at night just to get photos of them waking up really early or, um, or if they stayed up late, you know, documenting them through the night, stuff like that. Not in like a creepy way, but, um, that's just kind of how it worked. So I could spend as much time with them as possible. So there's not, you know, they really do have to trust me to be able to, to tell their story and do something like that. It seems like such a delicate line to to be at where as a photographer, you have to earn their trust, but then is there a type of objectivity that you need to hold on to as well? Um, yeah, so it, it can be difficult. Um, you know, like I, I want them to be able to respect me professionally. And I, you know, I still want to maintain like a professional relationship with them because at the end, you know, I, I have a goal of telling this story and, um, but I, you know, I still want to, you know, show them that, that they can be themselves around me. So it it is like a a fine line of, um, you know, being professional yet, you know, being, letting my guard down to them as well. So it, it can be, um, hard in some sense, but, uh, but yeah. So you, I believe towards the end of your, your college, you created a, a portfolio. You had a, a, like a web page where you posted a lot of uh, your work. And I, if I remember correctly, you did make a, like a documentary, and I think it was for uh, the caregiving, uh, the caregiver story. Am I correct in my memory of that? Um, that was one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so, uh, like, would you do you? Uh, is there a is there a, a form of uh, photography that you like? You like the most? Do you, do you like the documentary style of of, of that, or uh, or straight photography? Which which is the the realm that you um, that you you like the most? Definitely, uh, like more long-term documentary work. Uh, it's just hard to do that in my line of work occasionally. So sometimes, you know, with deadlines and whatnot, like I, um, my editor is great with working with me. If I, uh, ask her for more time, um, then usually I'm able to, uh, you know, kind of tell her my plan for the story. And if something is going to happen in the future, and I'm waiting for that date to get like really good photos or, or video footage, then um, she's always really open to giving me that time. Um, But sometimes there's deadlines with either, um, you know, like certain months for awareness months with the hospital, like we'll have to get um, certain stories out. So it kind of just depends on like my deadline. But if I have the ability to spend as much time with um, a patient, then it only means like better photos and video. So 
for instance, um, one story that I did a couple years back when I first started was documenting um, this little girl named Naomi, and she had two different kinds of leukemia. So I ended up photographing her for an entire year, and um, I was able to photograph her once she was um, cured and didn't have cancer anymore and just started living her life and, you know, going back to being a kid and she was seven years old at the time. So um, it's kind of crazy when you meet like children, uh, cancer patients, because their life is so revolved around adults and, you know, being poked and doing all these, you know, things that kind of rob them of their childhood So when I was talking to her, I mean, she was talking to me in full sentences, you know, asking me about my life. And for a seven-year-old, like, that just seemed weird to me. (laughs) But um, I've experienced that, like, quite a few times where, you know, they just have this level of maturity. And it's very profound and and very crazy to witness. But, um, But that was my experience with her. And I think it made the difference being able to have that time, though, to to document her a full year to recovery. I mean, that must have been just an incredible um, way to round off uh, a, a great story where you see how medicine and caregivers and the strength of family and community, and then you are able to document like a, a beautiful story like that. That must have been incredibly uh, fulfilling uh, on 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 every level. Absolutely. I, I, was, I was wondering if you okay. So so you after college, what? How did we then get to your current job? So um, after uh, I graduated, I um, got a job at the Grand Rapids Press for. I was an intern there for a year. Um, so when I graduated, I had a week to move from Mount Pleasant to Grand Rapids and get an apartment and um, start my job. So it was kind of a fast transition, but I did that for a year. Um, I worked a lot. <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy, honestly, but um, I kind of I worked like typically like a 3 p.m shift to nighttime but that nighttime usually turned into like 3 a.m where I was like documenting um uh murders house fires um a lot of crime it it was I was definitely burnt out by the end of it it was an amazing experience and I learned a lot um but it I mean just covering some of those things can just be really really heavy um and sad. So, and my job does deal with sadness right now as well, but there's a lot of good out of the stories that I tell too. And I think, you know, I was missing some of that um, while I was working at the newspaper. Well, we'll get, we'll get to the, um, the kind of the emotional side of, of the, uh, being the photographer in a bit, but I, but I want to go to uh, the, what's the, so the job that you do now, what's a typical day like for you? Like, so when you show up, how do you know how to photograph and how do you like maybe plan out your projects? Yeah. Um, well, right now I don't show up anywhere. <laughs> I've been working at home for um, that probably like 
10 months now. Mm. Um, but typically I, if we were living in a non COVID world, I have an office, um, in Grand Rapids where I work with the communications and marketing department of Spectrum Health. So, um, my team is called Health Beat. We have a news publication where we share all of our patient stories and, um, I work with one other photographer and uh, we both get assigned um, different stories with uh, contact info. So I make my own schedule. Um, I contact a patient and, you know, just kind of tell them who I am. And they're, they're usually aware that um, they were asked to do a story ahead of time, either by their doctor or potentially I found the story. So um it's just kind of like following up with them and seeing if they have any doctor's appointments or if they have any scheduled surgeries, um, any kind of treatment, or sometimes they have in-home treatment where um, they do like physical therapy at home or things like that. So I kind of just plan to um, make my schedule based on that and Um, regardless if they have appointments or surgeries, I always follow up with them at home so I can get, you know, kind of just a sense of what their life is like outside of a hospital room. Um, because that's important as well. That, that tells who they really are and photos of them with their family or doing things that they love to do. So I would imagine that the experience that you had in undergrad was so helpful for you to use as you approach these families at their most vulnerable and scared and as they're going through these uh health journeys as well how how has that been um how has that been so useful for you oh absolutely um i mean just you know going and finding stories in college and and being in some you know tense situations um just has helped me kind of like, you know, have to be in the same situation, even more extreme though. Um, It's really uh, kind of taught me to be, always be a good listener. And, you know, I, I think I'm really good at reading a room and it's important in my line of work to know how to be like a fly on the wall. So you know, like in surgeries, especially, um, or just, or just like, you know, kind of tense doctor's appointments where like a patient might be getting, um, some information for the first time or learning about, um, how their treatment of care is gonna be. So I've just, you know, I really try to pick up on, like body language to direct me and, you know, should I be photographing right now? Should I just be sitting there and listening or, you know, should I leave the room? Just things like that. I try to like really always be human first and put my job second in that kind of situation when it's, when it is tough. That's so interesting. That type of process that you just described that, because that's not something that anyone teaches you is how to read a room and to go through that whole indexing of, okay, is it appropriate? Should I just observe or, or just remove myself uh, altogether? That's such a, a fascinating 
um, maturity of empathy that I think not everyone has, you know, to be able to be uh, mindful uh, of that. Yeah. So, um, let, okay, so that's you, the photographer at your work, but then there's also you, the photographer, who's the artist that does things beyond her work with photography. You've done some incredible traveling uh, already. How, how, what has that been like? And how's um, your photography informed your, your, your trips? Yeah, it's, I mean, I feel, you know, very lucky that I've been able to go on some pretty awesome trips. I, I started in college, I was able to um, study abroad in Peru. Um, my junior year, I did a multimedia class over there, um, which was just incredible. I fell in love with uh, Cusco, Peru was the the city. And um, so much that I went back uh, in 2019 and traveled through Colombia and Peru and, you know, just documented really beautiful scenery and, and lively people. And um, I mean, it, it was really, those experiences were amazing. And then I also did a two week um, solo road trip in Iceland by myself. And uh, that was really fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, uh, I mean, that photography is just kind of, you know, like a mindless, uh, enjoyable thing where, you know, I, I don't have to like think as much. I can just photograph, you know, whatever I want. Still be careful though. Like there's that whole aspect of just being aware of your surroundings when you're carrying expensive equipment or, you know, or even just like carrying your laptop and stuff like that. I mean, those are all things that you have to think about. So, yeah. So I, so I, I sometimes I always forget to ask this question. This is, um, but if given, if, if you had, uh, a, a patron or there was all of a sudden you came into uh, some type of um, problem or some not problem, some type of situation where you had um, did not have to worry about the funding of your next project. What would that project be? Artistically speaking, that has nothing to do with work, but like all of a sudden you had like a million dollars and you could go travel or start a studio somewhere. What would that be? Um, that would be awesome. Um, I know. I know. Uh, well, when I first went to Peru, I, um, spent a lot of time at this orphanage, um, with just like a, a variety of different age kids. And I was able to, you know, teach them like how to use my camera and, um, just, I taught them English as well and it was so fun and I got, I just felt really good like being there. Um, and I was really thinking like, you know, they didn't have a system set up for these kids to be adopted. It was kind of just like when they reached the age of 21, they were kicked out, um, onto the street. And, um, I personally, I was adopted. So just, you know, hearing that from, the adults that that ran the orphanage was heartbreaking and i think that you know if i was given that amount of money it would be amazing to set up some kind of like program where they could be adopted um 
and just just kind of like helping out some places like that. Um, I think when you that was my first time traveling out of the United States and, you know, hearing that there wasn't something like a system in place like that. I just, you know, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine. So um, something like that would be incredible to do some kind of nonprofit work. I was I was wondering, um, you know, so when you started with your photography, you would have been at a, a point in time where you still had to learn the, um, you know, you had to learn uh, how to go into a dark room. Is that is that something that's still required? Do you do you know of for uh, photography students to know the chemistry behind the dark room? No, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean. So when I was doing the darkroom in high school, yeah, I had to like learn everything, you know, how you had to be patient and and wait for your photos. And um, I think, you know, and then when I went to college, it was digital and I I had no idea how to use my digital camera. Like I had to watch videos on YouTube for hours to figure it out. But um, I mean, I think just being able to, to learn on film um, really made me uh, appreciate the art. Like just, you know, it made me be patient and really think about, you know, film is that whole process was pretty expensive anyways. So you had to like, think about, you know, what photo you're taking and, you know, how you want it to look. And so I think just having that like appreciation and being able to, to, do it like so hands-on um was a really amazing experience and i'm sorry i don't even know if i answered the question no you did you absolutely did okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, this is this is more of a question for mr jennings uh which uh is uh are do you are you a canon or fuji or something else <laughs> i use nikon <laughs> oh okay well that then uh then he will have no answer for that. Cause I don't know that he's an icon person. So yeah. I, well, I mean, I was, yeah, my, my family, like some uh, Christmas presents, like I got a, a digital camera that was like really fat digital camera. I remember when I was younger and um, that was Nikon. So then when I, you know, started to like upgrade or get a different camera, I just kind of stuck with it. But then it turns out that when I, um, started working in the field like like spectrum they they like use nikon equipment as well so so kind of just worked out <laughs> so you also have started a new kind of venture that has nothing to do with um uh, with uh with photography can you describe uh this what what you have uh you and your husband uh have just started yeah <laughs> um so during uh, the, when the pandemic first uh, hit, my husband, he's uh, bartended for um, six years and he also has, uh, he does psych evaluations too part-time, but um, he was kind of out of work in both realms because people were doing virtual psych evaluations and um, the main doctor that runs that clinic was doing them solely himself. And then, um, and then he wasn't able to, to bartend either. So he was on unemployment and I was working, um, photographing and documenting the, uh, pandemic and I was in the COVID units and it was just kind of 
crazy. So I would come home and we would drink and, um, he was making these awesome, like infused syrups, uh, with different fruits and herbs and they were so good. I'm like, you should do this full time. This is, I mean, you should try selling these. These are amazing. So in like a matter of a day, we were able to make some samples and, make like a little like I just drew like a little house logo we called it let's stay home cocktail kits and we dropped it off to some of his bartender friends in the uh, Grand Rapids area and they gave us feedback they thought it was really good amazing so from idea to having an actual product that was four months um we we were selling um these cocktail kits so we have four flavors and um, we launched on our one year wedding anniversary on October 30th, which we were going to have, um, we eloped in New Orleans in 2019. So we were going to do like an actual wedding ceremony for friends and family that weren't there. But with COVID and everything, we um, we canceled it and rescheduled and uh so yeah, so now we have this business and um, it's been going really well. People have been very supportive and really love the idea of it. And so that's kind of where that's led us. And now I take pictures of cocktails at nighttime. <laughs> that's so great. Well, that's exciting. We got a new business venture and that's kind of taking off and that's just so exciting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is about the time of the interview where I, I ask you know, students, past students, uh, like for uh, kind of advice for success. But um, given that you have a, a type of skill set that is also uh, of on everyone's minds too about uh, how to take a good photograph, I'm going to ask you two different types of questions. One is, what's your best advice as you can give so, like the lay person for how to take the best photograph? And then the second follow-up question will be, um, what is uh, what is your uh, advice for success? So let's start with a photography question. What's okay. your best bit of advice for photography? <laughs> um, well, I, you know, like a lot of people ask me, like there's been times where I've been in surgeries and these surgeons are asking me like questions about my gear or like, the latest camera that just came out or stuff like that. And I honestly, I am not good with that. Like, I just, I know how to take a photo. I know like the basics, but like, I'm not up to date on like the latest trends or things like that. I don't do well talking about gear. So I look for moments and I, you know, I feel like any, any kind of like human interaction or moment or, um, things like that. I mean, that's always going to make a good photo in my opinion. Um, even like if you're, you can apply it too. if you're like photographing like nature and stuff, like, and you see a wild animal or, or like a fish jump out of a pond or something like that. Like that's still, you know, those, those kind of things make very good photos in my opinion. So look for good moments. <laughs> And then that's, what was the that's almost like that's almost like even perfect for like 
success as well. <laughs> the, the, the next question. It, it <laughs> right. nicely. So what is, what would be also your, uh, your uh, mm-hmm. advice for success for current Wildcats? Um, let's see. Mm, well, I, I probably have maybe like two different pieces of advice. I would say um, if you're, just graduating and, you know, going to college or trying to figure out like what, what you want to do. Um, I think that, you know, making sure that you just keep in touch with people, whether it's, you know, past teachers or, or you're graduating college and you're, um, you know, wanting to keep in touch with like professors or people you've met along the way, I think just nourishing those relationships and never like fully like burning a bridge or closing a door on something um, is probably like my biggest advice. Like I've, there's so many people who have helped me out and especially in Michigan in Grand Rapids um, who I've kept in touch with or, or even people who um I maybe met like a year or two ago. Sometimes I just like send them a message or whether it's just like commenting on something on social media, just keeping in touch with people can always lead to um, new opportunities. And that has really saved me in a lot of different situations throughout navigating my career. And then my other piece of advice would to make sure to just take care of yourself because if you know if you're not healthy or mentally healthy when you're going into something um especially if you're trying to be successful and be your best at your craft um and you're not well rested and and you know I just think that making sure to put yourself first in those situations and and seeking any kind of help that you may need is going to be the most important. Otherwise you can't be successful in your life or at your career. I think it's really great advice that you gave at the end there, given that, you know, you have told us that you have seen incredibly heavy things uh, in terms of people who have lost so much. And as the photographer, it's hard for you to separate yourself because as you said, you read the room and you have such great empathy for, uh, and sympathy for the people that are immediately in the room with you. So, um, it's, you'd have to be able to, um, uh, uh, kind of confront how you feel and unpack everything that had happened. So, wow, that's great advice. Absolutely. And I need to take myself. Yeah. 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 Well, Taylor, thank you so much for this interview. And uh, we learned so much about it and good luck to everything that you're doing and keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Mr. Turnbaugh. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening. If you want to find past episodes, go to Apple Music Podcasts and search We Go Vox.